Welcome back to the 2023 SIEDC Business Conference. We're joined by Sean A. Dixon here with us. Uh, welcome. What's welcome. going on? We love Fantastic. to hear your story. Happy Wednesday. Happy, happy Woo Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. Wait, it's only Wednesday? I love that show. He's wearing like the jacket. Friday. Yes, love happy that. Woo Wednesday. Love Protect it. your neck. Respect <laughs> the tech. Wow. There you go. There you go. There we go. Now we got to respect the He doesn't even understand what he's saying. <laughs> he's so, pretty good there. Sean, so, we talked about building brands on here. You have a couple really unique brands. You got yeah. Say Grace and you have uh, Shawnee's Kitchen over uh, in the North Van Shore. Van Street, yes. So I'm a former restaurateur, so talk to me okay. restaurant. I want I want restaurateur. So I need I need I need to get to the point where I am restaurateur right now. I'm like I'm in the birthing stage. I'm delivering this new baby right here, Shawnee's house, 381 Van Dusen Street, Stapleton Heights area, which is considered the town where Wu Tang was nice. birthed. Right. Um, it's a soul food restaurant. I'm one of one here on Staten Island, and that is because there are no soul food sort of fine dining restaurants on Staten Island. I'm just like, I'm only saying fine dining because I put the right food on the right plates at the right time. And that matters. And that matters, and that right? Matters. It's just that you can come in with jeans on and nobody's going to put their nose up at you. You eat with your eyes before that's, you eat with your mouth. That's, right. that's how it works. <laughs> That's it. If it doesn't look good, it's not going to taste good. Exactly. So my husband and I had that restaurant. Um, Dan does his homework. We did have Say Grace Catering, and that was the catering business that kind of like ripped through the entertainment industry for about five or six years, where I had the ability to get in any room working with Little Kim, Danny Glover, Ed Norton, Charlemagne, Teddy Riley, anybody. That I like was how you there. just say that as though yeah, commonplace. That's, that's, that's just like that's my Jimmy, place. Johnny, Mike. <laughs> She was, she was catering for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I just finished with the Dallas Cowboys. So, like, I get into those rooms because the food talk is about, great. But talk about that, right? So that, from where, from our standpoint, mm -hmm. branding, marketing, that's kind of the pinnacle, right? right. That's the highest of the high of where people want to be. Right. And you just spit out those names like Jimmy, Johnny. And, you know. <laughs> so what does that mean? How did you take a brand from, from concept to then celebrity? So the food is like they say dope spe dope speaks for itself right so if you were drink if you were taking blue magic my food is like blue magic it's blue like magic. a drug right see again mike doesn't get that reference right <laughs> he left he was so upset he had to walk away <laughs> so i'm like the hitch of soul food you have to know me right and so my food spoke for itself immediately in the entertainment industry. When I was invited to the Breakfast Club and when I did Fox 29 in Philadelphia, um, Charlemagne picked me up right away February 8th, 2016. And wow. my name kind of like fled through the industry just through referrals. I didn't have a business card. I didn't have any marketing in well, place. Once you do it once to do it right in right. that circle, that sphere is all you need. That's it. So my marketing strategy was excellence is what serves people. And so I, I provided an excellent service. I provided an excellent product, and then I gave you my phone number personally from myself to you, right. watching you put my phone number in your right. phone, and then I told you, don't allow my phone number to become something that you don't remember later on. Use it. Right. And so people were calling me all the time, and I was just like, hey, Angie Martinez wants you. Can you come? Hey, can you do Little Kim's birthday party? Can you do DJ Drama's release party? Can you do Kevin Gates' party? And now when you went in, did you go in with staff and, and people, or was it just the food and then they handled One the rest? One man band. Me and my husband go in there like wow. peaches and herb and just take over the whole spot. Just 
That's we put awesome. up everything. It was literally like building the blocks of like Tetris. We just put that yeah. thing together so well. Learn as you go, right? That's it. He's just hanging over there. He just chills. He's the it's, best. <laughs> yes, that's my that's that is my my grizzly bear protection. He's a snuggle bear looking at you, but don't do anything. I see. Then he's he he's, he's right. going to kill me right now. He's looking at me right now. He's he just he just. I'm on your team. <laughs> uh, he just easy. Me. You got to talk to him like easy, easy. <laughs> so there's the there's the celebrity side of the business, but talk about your family. You have an incredible history here in New York and Staten Island, and how did that lead up to you cooking? Right. So my grandmother was a dietitian with the Willowbrook. Uh, institution for over 30 years. I'm an eighth generation direct descendant to uh, the, the descendants of Sandy Ground. So that, that land is protected by every pres preservation organization in the world because it's the oldest inhabited space by its original descendants in the country. And it was, you know, utilized by the Underground Railroad. Harriet Tubman did visit there. And so our people were doing things to, you know, build and sustain a community of, of commerce, of community, of farming, oystermen, you know, ferry systems, you know, grand travel. And so that was happening. And it, that spilled over into the next eighth, tenth generations. I'm eighth generation. And my children are nine generations. I'm teaching my children that you guys are not attending these schools as just students. You're attending the schools as entrepreneurs. And so you're teaching your, your teachers something. Right. You know what I mean? That you're going into, yeah, I got to hurry up and get out of here at three o'clock because I got to go to work. You right. know? what I mean like you know and and I believe that that's really important especially for the black community on Staten Island because we're not as vibrant we don't own businesses we, we don't sustain ourselves we don't figure out how to then become a part of economic development and that's important to me because that's a part of ministry that's also a part of the legacy it matters to Staten Island that we stand up and say hey we're gonna give something we're gonna do something and so it's not just about taking your money and selling you food we also give the food away and so the, the nonprofit organization has you know been established and we do give out food in a food pantry in front of the restaurant. We do give out free clothing. We do drives. Um, for a long time, I just naturally having over 20 years experience in social services and education, I can walk up to a situation where a whole entire house is burning and take care of six people, six families. I took care of 21 people just because I just felt like doing it. And you and know how to do it. And I know how to do right. it. And because I desire to do it because they're a part of the community. They go into those bodegas, they go into those stores, they go into those supermarkets, they go into those schools, and they pour into the community. So why are we not taking care of them? Talk about the name of the nonprofit. I like the name. So where did it come from? What was the, the inspiration? The Lotus Bridge. So the Lotus Bridge comes from uh, a past experience. Um, I did die in uh, on 9-11-2020. Um, my family did discover me in my home, and when my family was told that, you know, it was kind of long that I had been out and that there was a possibility that there was no way to save me. Um, they took me to the hospital and resuscitated me and I had my, you know, in the light experience and was told to come back after four days of being in a coma. And so what I was shown during that time was the life of a lotus. And so a lotus flower actually dies every single evening their flower, their petals turn over, they turn upside down. And what that pet, what those petals face is murky water and muddy foundation. And my life story has always been an extremely, um, a, a, a hardship, a dysfunction. I grew up in a, a family where both my parents were chemically abused um, and were abusive. Uh, I grew up in poverty. I had a lot of trouble. I was always moved around. But starting from 11 years old, I always worked a job. Um, I always took care of myself. I grew 
up in those murky waters like that Lotus Bridge in when I was resurrected and came to life again, I looked to the sun and just said, hey, I'm going to live my life today. I'm going to do whatever it is that I have to do today to live. So every day is is is, is there's a possibility I could go. I'm so glad I asked that question because I was just intrigued. I had absolutely no idea. And Mike and Dana witnessed that 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 was going to lead to that. But that's, right. So talk. I mean, so talk lowly. about that outer body experience. I mean, you said you you said you would you would die and came back. I mean, that's something the, we got to talk about. The outer body experience is like you know you see these documentaries on t- on on these Netflix you know shows and stuff like that. And I've even looked up those kind of like people those international near death experience institutions and stuff like that. And when I get on the phone and I talk to them, some of them I can kind of like relate to. But they're talking about a near death situation, and some of them didn't necessarily die. So, so they're I ha- faking it, right? I don't know if they're Fake faking it. it. I don't want to put it out there. Fake it till you make it. You're right. on the phone. It's like you, did, said, you didn't die. I died. Right. I really died. <laughs> they were like, "How is she coming back?" So like, I had the premonitions of dying on 9/11 for about four years. I screenshot the 9/11 a.m. and p.m. in my phone, and I didn't know why I was doing it. The spirit just told me to recognize the number. I had a premonition about 9-11, the tragedy on the 10th of September before it happened. And when I told my family, nobody believed me. And then the next day it was attacked. Um, and so I believe that number was significant to me because 9-11 actually represents the spirit of awakening or enlightenment. And so because I had that spirit of awakening and enlightenment, that was my those are my numbers. Those are my numeric angelic numbers that I can identify with. And so when they told me, hey, 9-11, they were preparing me for my death. I, mo- I meditated for 55 days straight to the point where I couldn't hear, feel, see, think, or smell before I died. And that was to like prepare myself. So I transitioned between 9-9 and then 9-11. I don't remember anything that happened to me because I was kind of like already on my way out. But what my family tells me is that I walked around sort of like in a robotic kind of like Autobot move. Like like when Mike Bloomfield sleepwalks, Nicole finds him in the kitchen, donuts in the freezer. You won't remember what you wore the day that you died, but what I was told was that I had on all black. Um, I was told what I ate last, I had a bag of chips. I was on a FaceTime phone call before I died, right before I died. I was on the phone and having the conversation, and my cousin said that I dipped my my foot in the tub, and I told her something wasn't right, and then I hung up on her. And so a conversation took place. I ate something. I had something on. An activity took place before I died. And it, that is, there is power in that in itself, just to say, all of that happened before I died. So, so nobody can do that. You know what I mean? Nobody can say, this is what I wore, this is what I ate, this is who I talked to. So was the passion for food pre or post The passion experience? for food was before it. So I had all of that um, entertainment experience. Charlemagne called my husband when they found out that I died, sent me flowers to the restaurant, into the to the uh, hospital. Like people like were reaching, a lot of different people were like reaching out to me um, that were in the industry. iHeartRadio reached out to me. Everybody reached out to me because they were like, oh my God, no way, the best chef we got, the caterer, what, who do we call? You know what I mean? So they called and they responded to that. They, they were totally taken aback because I was in the healthiest shape of my life when it happened. And what happened to me was incurable and untreatable and it was actually like freaks. So they said that, you know, what happened to me could not be treated. They just laid me there in order for me to die because it was going to be impossible for me to come back. But when my cells were regenerating, it was regenerating like somebody had cut off my tail like I was an alligator. So they did a study wow. on me for probably about over a year. They never gave me my medical records and... That was something that I just decided I needed. I knew that I needed to take that information somewhere else, and that was to take it to people 
in this world. I needed to take the people that were living. I need you guys to understand. Live your life to its absolute fullest every single day, but be extremely mindful about the things that you put on, the things that you say, and the things you ingest every single day. Because somebody's going to remember it won't be you. And you want to make sure that that thing matters to you, but it also matters to the person who received you on that day. I don't think we should interview anyone else today. Just put the mic down and walk out. Uh, anybody, I mean, there's, there's just, more, just there's, walk out. There's more to the story. Give her a hug first and then walk out. There's more to the story. This story is crazy. You are a giver. You're an incredible Absolutely. human being. Talk a little bit. It wasn't the best of times, but what you did for the, the community after Hurricane Sandy, you, you fed the neighborhood. You took care of your neighborhood. You Absolutely. stayed. Absolutely. And so, like, you get into all these relationships with all these you know these uh, celebrities and everybody in the community that looks up to you and is inspired by you says hey why are you not going to work with so and so why do you don't leave and go do that and I say there's so much more that has to be done here my children attend the schools here you know I worked here I go to the supermarkets here why am I not taking care of the people that are here and so it is my responsibility not just with my nonprofit organization I was doing it before then like I said when those houses burnt down I took six families in there were 21 people there were 14 children involved and I housed them in the Comfort Inn right here in this in this plaza and I put them in there senator um, at the time who was it um it was a Diane Savino. She reimbursed me after months of finding out that I had done it. Like, she gave me part of my money back. Like, why did you do that? You know, I fed them. I utilized every church, every organization that I knew of. I went to St. Philip's uh, Church on on New Street in Port Richmond. I said, hey, can I use your kitchen to feed the people that are here? They all lost their homes. You know what I mean? Like, I gathered all in one Facebook blast. I gathered enough clothing to build and build out an entire donation center. Wow. That was Pampers, formula, clothing, shoes, everything you can think of. That thing just happened just by putting other organizations on blast. Like, hey, you can't ha I didn't have a 501c3 at the time. Hey, you guys have 501c3s? Well, what are you doing about these people whose houses burned down? All of these firefighters were um, hurt in that time trying to save these people what are you doing for them and their families like you know putting these forcing the accountability on organizations is what my job is so I may not be the superman who flies in with the cape and takes care of everybody but I'm going to be the Batman who stands beside the you know I'm going to be the Robin who stands beside the Batman and says yo did you take care of them because you got a status and you get a grant and you got a building and you get help so you need to make sure that you're doing what you're doing I like and that so, analogy yeah, that's a great so, analogy right so I, I gotta, I gotta do that Mike is loving this week. Except, no, except she, she named all DC, so oh, she's playing a card. We know she sorry. likes DC. Dang but no. I love Iron Man. All right, there we go. But now, <laughs> but it shows, you know, an ongoing thing we talk about is the community and yeah. how that is what makes that island so different. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you might have had to put them on blast, but in the end, they came together and got you what you needed. Yep. And you don't get that everywhere. No. You know, you, you look at the other parts of the country, it's not the same as it is here. Mm -hmm. People here actually care about the community they grow up in, where they live, and want to take care of those people. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're just a very diverse community, but we're also an extremely unique um, community. Staten Island is 13.5 miles long. You know what I mean? We're separated by shores. And everybody has these different ideas, and so you see different things happening on each shore. But what I've noticed, even in my restaurant, is that people just want to experience love. So my restaurant gets more people coming in there from the South Shore than I have from the North Shore. Well, I admittedly have not been there, but I'm going to make it my business. That is the three so okay. Us, we have to go for lunch. Gonna come. We're all going to go there, I, I promise have, you. I have seen nothing but good things on Facebook, all over social media. Thank you, everybody. The post I see is, looks amazing. And where can people address? learn more? You can definitely.
definitely learn more by visiting me on my Instagram page. They're both public, Shawnee's House, S-H-A-W-N-A-E-S-H-O-U-S-E. And this is Shawnee. Um, you can also go to our current website, which is saygraceny.com, until it changes over to Shawnee's House. But definitely come in and come and see me, 381 Van Duzer Street. I need y'all to come there. We're going to be there. Thursday through Friday, Thursday through Saturday, 5 to 11. All right, awesome. Thank you. Shawnee, thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. Thank you for, for having us. Yes. Don't forget, protect your neck. We're going to keep Respect this going, though. Tech. We're going to talk after. Thank you yes. for everything you do. That's a wrap. <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. So who's writing the book? <laughs>